Welcome to Life Beyond Our Wildest Dreams Recovery Podcast. My name is Denise and I'm your host. The Recovery Podcast is inclusive to all paths of recovery. The podcast and myself are not affiliated with any specific recovery program and the opinions are of the guests only. Please subscribe to the podcast uh, on any platform that you listen, Amazon, um, Apple, Spotify, and please subscribe and also you can leave a comment or a rating. Now today, um, we have a special guest, Alicia Gordon. Alicia is from Thunder Bay, Ontario, and I'm glad to say she's a fellow Canadian in recovery. And I first came across Lisa's story on CBC um, with Logan Turner, and it was back from the brink. It was aired on January 4th this year. And it was a real message of hope. Um, her story is as a criminalized woman back in society, taking her power back. And um, it's a really good, there's a video on CBC and also there's on CBC Listen podcast, you can get her full story. Um, today, of course, because our podcast focuses on when we are in recovery, what we've earned in recovery and what we're able to do as a result of being in recovery, um, you won't get probably all of Alicia's stories, so I do encourage you to go to CBC Listen or um, check out the video. So Alicia, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for letting me be here. Well, I'm sure glad it was an honor to meet you and it was an honor to hear your story and, you know, you're, you're recovering out loud so that other people aren't dying in silence. And I think that that's a great thing. And I think that your story as well is unique in the fact that, or maybe not that unique, but I think one of the great factors is as a criminalized woman now entering back into society that you are able to give a unique perspective to recovery. Also, what I really got my attention as you and I discussed is 42 years ago when I entered recovery, my first, one of my first points of contact was the Elizabeth Fry Society. And so we've both had experience with Elizabeth Fry. And then, at, of course, today you're working as a frontline worker uh, with them. So um, things have kind of come full circle, I would say. So I think you have a really unique story. So I'm going to just ask you if you could explain just briefly to the listeners, um, what did your addiction cost you? Um, my addiction basically cost me everything. Uh, it cost me my career, uh, my children, uh, my home, uh, and my freedom. And, uh, also put me in a position where I significantly experienced a lot of shame and guilt because of the actions that I did. So basically in addiction, you lost everything. Absolutely. I lost absolutely everything and gained uh, all those feelings of shame and guilt like I was discussing. So when you are explaining that you are a criminalized woman in society, re-entering society, do you want to give a little synopsis of what happened there and what you mean by that? For me, my journey looked like, you know, I pled guilty to un numerous charges. And as a first time offender, I served approximately 15 months in a provincial in provincial custody. Uh, and I was released and I, I began my journey, but my recovery wasn't linear and I struggled and I found myself back in custody. 
uh, and I realized that I really needed to make some changes. So um, with the help of a number of organizations, when I was able to be released, I started on my journey and it's been really difficult to, uh, to reintegrate into society in a healthy way. Um, you know, there's only so many services and supports out there um, that can support individuals like me. And, you know, you have to fight the perceptions of the community every single day. So you actually have a double stigma on you. You have the stigma as the drug addict. You have the stigma as a criminalized woman. You're 38 years old and you've been in recovery 18 months. So it's a lot. Absolutely. You know, I'm sure every day it's a lot for you to struggle through. But the thing is, is that you are getting back on track. You know, um, now I believe in part of your story as well that you discuss the fact that there are some things you're trying to get back now. What were what are some of the things, just day-to-day things that you have you mentioned obviously, you know, children, and we won't get into any of that because that's a separate outside issue. Um, family, children, that's all obviously personal issues. But you know, what are some of the other things you're trying to get back on track? Um, definitely some of the issues, uh, like the day-to-day physical things was like a big one was getting a home for me. Um, and, uh, you know, working towards, um, getting my license back. Uh, and these are all things that make our lives easier when you have a roof over your head and you're able to transport yourself. But, you know, the things that I work on daily for me that really carry a lot of importance is like self-respect for myself, um, and self-esteem and being able to hold my head up high. I really struggled with that in the very first months um, after my release because I just experienced so many barriers and then I had so much internal shame and guilt. Uh, So those are the things that I'm actively working on. And the farther I get away from my addiction and the more successes I have, the easier it is for me to walk with my head held up high. Well, and that's the main thing, you know, as long as you've got self-respect, you have everything and you know that allows you to hold your head up and it allows you to go you know enter back into society now alicia i'm just going to say i need you to move a little bit closer to where you are because you were breaking up a little bit there um, oh sorry no that's okay um but the thing is is exactly um so you, you know i find that your story is a real message of hope so what do you think if you have to say a couple of things that you've earned through your recovery what are the the most important things that you've earned to this point through your recovery um the most important things that i've earned through recovery um is reconnection uh to others um and uh you know finding my uh, finding my true self you know i um lost so much of the important connections to me when I was in active addiction to family and friends and to my children. And with finding recovery, I've been able to slowly rebuild um, those relationships that mean the most to me. Um, And then for myself, like just knowing, going through the journey and learning learning who I truly am, because I am definitely not just an addict. And there's so much more substance to me and being authentic to myself has been a really great gift of my recovery. And wherever you're sitting right now is perfect. Don't move. 
Um, so the thing is too, is as you're saying, you know, the one thing I love too, is you're not just the addict. There's much more to you than the addict. There's much more to you than the criminalized woman. You know, you are Alicia, the person. Um, and I think that that's an important thing because I think as people's addiction gets a hold of them, family, friends, and people can't see beyond the addiction. They end up not seeing the person and just seeing the addiction. So I think what you're what you're doing is you're reintegrating back in and you're you're showing people that hey, I'm still here. Hello, I'm a person. I'm not my addiction. I'm not my, you know, criminalized experience. Here I am. And in that fact, you are in fact taking your power back. And that's the thing I think that stuck out the most to me was your bravery and courage to take your power back. Now tell us a little bit about how it came full circle that you ended up working at Elizabeth Fry. Um, my journey with Elizabeth Fry started while I was a criminalized woman behind bars. And, uh, you know, I had my first experiences was having the compassion of the workers that came out to do programming. Um, I was very isolated behind bars and uh, lacking a significant amount of family support. So they stepped up and, you know, my journey with them continued when I was also released from custody as I was a client in the community of theirs. And, you know, the opportunity came along for me to apply and now I work there and it's been the most fulfilling work I've ever, I've ever had. Um, being able to, you know, come out of the fire and reach back to rescue others uh, has, I recognize it as my life's work and I recognize how important it is to, you know, kind of be that lighthouse for other women that, you know, change and recovery is possible. And I think that you said at one point, I don't know the words you used, and I thought I had jotted it down. Oh, here it is, where you said at the end of your uh, video or your previous podcast was there is always hope anyone can come back from addiction. Now, when you were in the throes of your addiction, did you believe that? Um, you know, in the deepest, darkest moments of my addiction, I think I truly be believe that I was more than um, than my addiction. I just didn't know my way out. And um, I know that I always had a very small thread of hope that I held on to that I'd be able to battle my way out. Um, and that small thread kind of kept that dream alive and helped me take my first steps into recovery. And I think that that's really important that, you know, there is always hope. It's never too late. Mm -hmm. You know, you always remain that person that is within the, the addiction gets a hold of. And that person is always there. So, you know, people just got to keep looking for them and not give up on them. And, you know, that person is inside. And I think that's really important. Um, for everyone to, to when we see people in addiction or we see people homeless, that we see beyond that and see the person is there. And so I just think that, you know, you speaking out loud, we talked about that. Um, you talked as well about the secret you keep, keep you sick, that you've got to speak your truth. You've got to speak your uh, experience out loud for your own accountability and, you know, to pass the message to other people. And so it sounds like that's really important to you to continue to do, is it? Absolutely. Um, I found that when I continually tried to hide my addiction, 
um, the past would come back and haunt me. Now that I, I live quite openly with where I've been and what my life has been like, um, it relieves that pressure and that fear um, of people finding out. It's already out there. So, you know, it's um, it just lifts the burden from my shoulders about like the discovery piece or people discovering my addiction and my past. And the other thing is, let's face it, anybody can Google anything today. Absolutely. Find, find anything out about anybody. So, you know, I don't really think we have that much. Um, you know, I don't think we have that much privacy as we think we do or um, anonymity really as we think we do. So, you know, I just think you're going to help many, many people. I think the age that you're at, the fact that you're a woman, the fact that you know, you're speaking about criminalized women going back into society, you're helping others, you're now living a life of service by giving back and doing interviews and doing podcasts every time your story, you know, gets put out there. Somebody, you know, different will listen from somewhere. So what do you think that if you were to give me one or two things what do you think that you are able to do today or you'll be able to do in the future because you're in recovery that you know you never could do if you weren't if you didn't remain in recovery um live Good honestly yeah live i live the best life that i can uh, you know and to me that means like having connection to my children having connection to my family members um participating in society uh, instead of harming society. Um, you know, those are the, that's the reality of my recovery. Every day that, I, that I'm clean uh, or sober, I'm basically given another opportunity to excel in any direction I put myself in. It's only when I, when I use that uh, all bets are off. And don't you think that's the story of recovery period? Is that every time that every day that any of us stay in recovery, we get to live. Absolutely. We get to live another day. So I'm so glad, Alicia, you, you took time today to come and talk to me and for us to meet. And um, it was an honor to meet you and hear your story. And I just hope that, you know, we'll have many listeners who will listen as well. And we get your story out there and your experience and, you know, if we help just one person and one person get something out of it, then it's a success for all. So thank you so much for joining me today. And I wish you the very best. And I'll check back with you six months, a year from now I'm sh and see how things are going. I'm sure that you've had positive response already from your video and your podcast with CBC. And just keep reaching out to people and just keep telling your story because not only will it help people get sober, it'll keep you sober. Thank you so much, Denise. I appreciate the opportunity to, to speak with you today. And more importantly, it'll keep you alive. And that's the name of the game. Absolutely. So you take care and thank you so much. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Denise.